Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. We've got a few distractions. I've got a little bit of a early morning voice. I'm driving and it's pouring rain, so I apologize for a little bit of the background noise and for my, uh, my almost baritone tone in my voice today. Perhaps it will contribute to the soberness of the topic at hand. Listen, send your friends to pathtozion.com. That is the easiest way, of course, to get to these broadcasts. I, I, would, I would very much love your help in um, spreading the word about what we're doing here. We continue to have more listeners pop up in the most random places worldwide. I don't know how it works. I don't, man, I don't understand I guess it's just the mystery of the internet and uh, entrusting these messages to the Lord to get them to anyone who has ears to hear. And so thank you for listening. No matter where you are, whether you are in this beautiful state of Virginia, in the United States, or if you're, man, I don't know, if you're in South Africa, thank you for tuning in. Okay, so this morning... My heart's just kind of heavy. I'll just be honest. I haven't recorded anything for, goodness, five days, I think. I've just purposely kind of been quiet. I've been doing a lot of studying. Work continues to be minimal at best. And so I'm trying to take care of some things on my farm when the rain breaks for, I don't know, five minutes. (laughs) Um... But primarily, I've just been home and I've been doing a lot of studying and writing and just meditating on some things that the Lord is trying to teach me in this this frame of time of my life. I feel like there's just something very deep to be unearthed in my understanding that I believe that, that Yahweh is wanting to just reveal to me something I've not yet known to the depths that... that is becoming uncovered. Um, you know, I've loved for a long time studying the Word. I, I love looking into different word meanings and connections throughout the Scriptures. I mean, the Bible is no no mere textbook, friends. I mean, it is a living, spiritual, supernatural book. I don't even like calling it a book. It's the oracles of God upon pages of paper. Um, I I alluded to this when I did that Mephibosheth study last week. Listen, if you haven't listened to that yet, please go listen to the From Nothing to the King's Table two-part series. Um, Man, I've been chewing on that a lot. Just about the reality of of seeing myself within this imagery, this account of Mephibosheth in his crippleness, in his fallen condition. He he comes to the king's palace and the king gives him news that was very unexpected. He was expecting judgment. He was expecting something detrimental to him. But because of the covenant that the king made with his father, he was invited to sit and eat with the king for the rest of his days because of the covenantal agreement with the king 
and with the Father. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's a stirring, stirring text that, that we need to give ourselves to. So go do that, won't you, if you haven't listened to it? Um, but for today, I just, like I said, I've just been kind of quiet. Um, I can't say I've like purposely retreated, but you know, I've just kind of been quiet and feel like I'm in a, in a state of just meditating on the posture of my heart towards several things. And, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just been an interesting, again, I'm only talking about four or five days, but for me, that's quite odd. I haven't met with anyone too much. Um, I did over the weekend, but that was a close brother. and Talking to him is kind of like talking to myself. Um, but other than that, I've just kind of been... I've just kind of been retreated. But this is, this is, listen, this is what I want to talk about today. And this is just heavy on my heart, and, and I think it's got to be said... Primarily because I feel like people are are wanting to hear it. I feel this just major onset of a new level of fear on the earth. And just stick with me. This is, you know, topically speaking, like you hear that, what I just said, well, well big deal, that's what everyone's saying. Well, just stick with me for a few minutes. And again, my, my target audience are people who claim to be in the people of God, in Messiah, in Yeshua, Jesus, Christians, churchgoers, Christian Americans, you know, people who are, for whatever reason, we won't unpack this morning, convinced they are, quote, in the people of God. Now, the problem with with everything that I will share from here on out is really dependent upon what I just touched on being true or not, but I can't, I can't address that every time like I'm always saying. But what I can address is this. I'm seeing so many believers. Now, and I'm, okay, let me stick with my train of thought. I'm seeing so many believers in subdued panic mode over the events of this world. I don't see much peace as the as the creator God gives. That's not as the world gives, but it's actually sourced in the Father. And, and what's funny is a lot of believers I'm seeing kind of like, you, maybe you see it with a child as a good example of like, son, are you afraid? No, 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 I'm not afraid. Uh-uh. No, I'm not afraid at all, Dad. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I feel like a lot of believers are acting like that. Where whether it's a child or an adult, sometimes the the more you tell someone you're fine, the more obvious it becomes that like, whoa, they're not fine at all. <laughs> In fact, they're giving themselves away because they're trying so hard to just be okay. And listen, if you if you've heard this podcast for the year that we've been on the air, if you've known me, personally, for a long time, you know that this message becomes very redundant. But we have got to be established in what we believe. There is a shaking now here that I believe is going to get very, very, very strong. 
We know it's prophesied. We know that's no big revelation. You'll hear that on every Christian podcast episode you hear, I'm sure, in some form. But what what begins to take us down a little bit of different little bit of a different path along that ideal is is kind of the following. There are a lot of people making preparations in the natural. Believers now. There are a lot of people arming themselves in the natural. There are a lot of people doing a lot of things preparing to be responsible and ready in the days ahead. Now that, I kind of want to box up and set to the side, and that's really an isolated topic to discuss that I don't really feel led to address much today. But here's the thing that absolutely is true that has to be said. Are you free now? Are you free right now? For a mere moment, let's set aside what's to come, what's prophesied that we do know is in fact coming, and what is mere speculation. Are you ready now? Are you prepared now in places unseen? Your spiritual man, okay? The real you now, this seems to be overlooked by the majority. I just have to say, it seems to get, boy, this is a secondary, um, it's a sef- secondary condition. The main condition is the physical man. Self-preservation, self-defense, self-awareness of your circumstances and what's going on, self-safety. And somewhere way down the line, the spiritual man. Now I find this intriguing for the believer because of dozens, if not hundreds, of clear statements were told in the Word of God about our mere man status, our breath and vapor of a life. Now it has value, it has great value because now we have been given the right, the, the, we've been given at least the possibility to become the, the temple and the house of the living God, the one true God. That's one of the things I've been writing on for the last week is the the exaltation of the physical body post-Messiah. We have been made potential carriers of the presence of the living God. Okay, so like, there is great value in this body now, yes. But it's a mere house. Just like the destruction of any natural temple, ark, building, tabernacle of Yahweh, if that temple were to be torn down, would we eradicate Yahweh God? Of course not. Value assessed to the building, but it's a mere building. What is within is eternal. And here's the principle we have to make sure we're walking in, in light of whatever is going on in this natural earth. 
I would say first and foremost, and this could have become formal real quick, but I'm just driving out thinking this morning as I'm praying before I turn this on. Are you absolutely certain you're unplugged from the patterns of the world? How much do you operate in the kingdoms of the world, the kingdoms of men? I think people, I think many people, myself included perhaps, will become very, 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 very surprised at how in the world we still are. If in fact we ourselves, myself who's talking and you who are listening, if the great shaking comes while we're walking on this ground, I think we'll all be surprised how naturally minded we still yet are. As I've shared on here from the beginning and for the last, I don't know, eight years of my life, at least, longer really, some things, of course, the journey started before that, but drastic measures to come out of the world, even geographically speaking, to be removed from the patterns of the world. Because let's just face it, you take a person, an animal, and an item out of its natural environment, it's going to have different conditions. The environment shift demands change. It demands a response because you have changed environments and conditions of the patterns you were in. And, I, and I'm afraid that many people are going to really be surprised how much in the world they are. And in our household, we labor to continually ask ourselves that question. In what ways do we need to continue to come out? It's the message I've taught twice now on here even about Lot and his family. Of, of the whole premise and principle within Sodom and Gomorrah. The modern-day church, the evangelicals, love to rail against homosexuality and the vileness of man, and they forget the whole, the whole account is for them to learn. They forget the whole account of that is multifaceted towards the call to come out. Judgment is coming. It's not for us to execute. Our job is to hear the word of the Lord and respond and come out. But instead, we too ourselves are often stubborn like Lot and his wife, and we have to be dragged out by the messengers of God and placed outside of the city boundary. The call came to them, said, okay, keep going. The sovereign hand of God has delivered you thus far, but keep going now. Stop sitting here and looking back go. Well, they didn't do that. She received instant judgment. Lot, we could say, received delayed judgment. Why? They were stubborn and reluctant and would not go according to the command of the Lord to go out and keep going. Go away. Get out of here. Friends, the same call is coming to us today, and the earth is in the same condition. The church, my friend, is in the same condition. Paul and Silas. 
the specific account when they are imprisoned, they're in the innermost cell of the jail, shackled. What happens? An earthquake comes. They are worshiping the Lord. They are recognizing that there is much more going on in the atmosphere of their life than their present circumstances in their natural bodies. An earthquake comes, an earthquake of deliverance, right? Rattles the walls, shakes the bars, breaks the shackles, and the doors open. They're free men. God set them free, right? He was their deliverer. Well, not really. Did they flee? Did they run? Did they escape at the sovereign hand of their deliverer? No. They remained. Now, why would they do that? That's foolishness, right? Especially in this day and age. I just taught on this last week about the going through. And Moses could have easily done the same. Hey, God delivered me to the palace to exalt me, to set me in a high place. I should live out the rest of my days in the goodness and favor of Yahweh. Thank you, God. Amen. But he denied it, Romans, Romans, Hebrews 11 tells us, he denied that to endure suffering alongside the people of God. For what? For something beyond his natural man tendency and comforts and desires. Paul and Silas, same thing. Run, right? The modern day church would say, you fools, why aren't you running? God has delivered you out of here. Get out. You're squandering his favor, Paul. Paul knew they were there for a purpose greater than their own freedom. That was demonstrated by them singing praises to God in the midst of the suffering. And I've said this before, I taught this in my basement two or three years ago to our small fellowship at the time. Paul and Silas were already free, friends. It did not take an earthquake and shackles and walls to fall for them to be free. They were already free. Conditions did not hold them. Why? They were not bound to the natural man thinking. We too often are. We want to defend ourselves, prepare ourselves, set ourselves up. Okay, in our minds, whatever that is individually, now I'm set up to endure. Now I'm responsible. Now I can do whatever, I can handle whatever comes because I have prepared enough in the natural to be, quote, ready I understand the thinking. I have been through that pattern in my own life of prepping. I've gone through that before. In measure, we have already done that before. But I believe in this hour, listen, every single thing that can be shaken absolutely will be. And so, friends, there's got to be something rock-solid concrete in your innermost man that is absolutely set and unwaverable, that is not dependent 
upon your natural preparation, your natural condition, your natural readiness. Why? Because I believe the man who will really endure is going to be the man whose spirit man is set and cannot be moved. No matter how it comes now, listen, I believe the world is beginning to see her vulnerability in a different way. Listen, a virus pops up on the other side of the globe, and in mere days, it could get to our backyard. This has obviously surprised a lot of people. Oh, well, that, that can come here? You know, we have such a, we have such a small, limited thinking. Well, they said on the news that, okay, well, all right, you lost me right there. You know, listening to the news, you might as well turn on, I don't know, Sesame Street and look for hidden prophecies within the, within the Muppets. I mean, it's about the same accuracy. <coughs> Excuse me, accuracy. We do know that, right? If we're using natural sources to gather supernatural spiritual information, friends, there's a problem. It's time for spiritual men, like Paul and Silas, like Moses, like Daniel, like the prophet Isaiah. Man, we could, I mean, how many examples do we need? We've been given more than enough of men who operated as spiritual men, and their source was their God. But the problem is, the seers are sleeping. The prophets, if in fact they are, and maybe they are, they're throwing out favorable words. They're selling $2,000 food buckets because the word of the Lord came to brother so-and-so, and he said you need to stockpile food because God said the end's coming. So you need to buy my book, buy food buckets, Go and make sure you got at least two assault rifles and peek through your blinds tonight while you're praying. And friends, I'm sorry, I don't see this in the Bible. I don't see this thinking in the scripture. I see men who looked like fools because they were completely abandoned to their creator keeping his creation. The people of God run into the holy mountain, into the holy hill, and they are safe. I'm telling you, people get on to me so much. Joel, you're too literal. You're too literal. <laughs> well, listen, I'm just going to be honest, and I've, this in my life has offended people. I would rather be too literal and cling to the, the patterns of the Word of God and the promises therein that label me too literal and fanatical, I would rather believe too much. <coughs> Excuse me, people call me unprepared. Just not ready. Irresponsible even. You know what? Those things don't matter if they oppose what the Spirit of God is saying when I'm communing with the Father. 
I have to be true to that. And I have to believe there's somebody else who wants to be a spiritual man above all else that's out in this world. I know there are. I mean first, foremost, and like 90-10 percentages. Because I'm in no way saying, hey, lock your door, board your windows, pray and fast, and just, you know, sit there in ignorance until they kick your door in and kill you. I'm not saying that. And that's the thing that, again, oh boy, here we are. Every other podcast I record, what do I encounter? The world of extremes. Well, you just must mean that you're just going to sit there and be dumb and be taken advantage of, brother. I'm not going to be taken advantage of. Well, listen, I'm not talking about being taken advantage of. I'm talking about being fueled by the Spirit of God. I want to be like Paul and Silas. I want to be like that, like for real, in my life. In whatever that looks like, and whatever comes to my household, whatever comes to my generation, I want to be like Paul and Silas, which says, you know what? It looks like I'm bound. It really does look like I'm being taken advantage of. Hello, Yeshua Messiah. I'm telling you, this is like, this is as if the sun was sitting on the hood of my truck right now, clear to me. I don't understand this breakdown. I know I say this all the time, but I literally don't understand it. The more I study, the more I pray, the more another 10 miles it goes down into my inner man that it's true. Yeshua Messiah looked like a complete, utter, irresponsible, puny, weak failure. Did he not? By all accounts, according to natural understanding and natural perception, he looked like an absolute failure and fool. No one can argue that point. But then we come out and say we have to prepare and be ready and be strong and stand up for what's right and defend ourselves against evil and tear down evil men and respond to violence with violence. And yet we still stare at Yeshua Messiah, the king of all kings, the highly exalted one. We see him lay down his life as a lamb led to the slaughter to be the firstborn of many brethren for any who would come and do likewise and come and follow him as he did that. We say, well, but I have to defend myself. I have to prepare Yeshua Messiah's preparing was the suffering servant. He learned obedience to his father via that way. He learned obedience to the father through the things he suffered. Not through his victories, not through his preparation, not through his strength, not through his kingly position, through denying himself and laying himself low and looking at men who were seething to end his life and saying calmly, no one takes my life, sir. I lay my life down. And friends, I'm telling you, I am, as sure as I'm right here holding this steering wheel, this will be the elect in the last days. 
this will be the elect. This will be the remnant few are the ones who say, you know what? Yeshua Messiah loves you, friend. I don't care if you kill me. I don't care if you take my life. Look, my life isn't my own. Do you want to know my Savior? Do you want to know the Messiah? Because look, I'm in the pattern of the firstborn of many brethren. I walk like him. I look like him. I'm not here to fight you. I'm not here to defend myself. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of anything. What can mortal man do to me? My trust is in the Lord. My son here, you see this eight-year-old boy? Look, you can end his life, but my hope is in the Lord. I have entrusted him to the Father because he's the Father's possession. He's my, he's my flesh and blood, but he's not mine. He's not mine. He's in the arms of the Father. My wife, my beautiful wife, who I love more than any human being on the world, oh man, I love her. I'll lay my life down for her right now, friend. If you, if you need to make a choice, take me first. If, you, if it's one or the other, take me. Yes and amen. But look, she's hidden. You see that covering on her head? That's for the angels to marvel at. That's for them to look and say, she's marked. She's set apart. She is unto the Father. She already has a husband. And guess what, friend? It's not me. It's not me alone. She is a, she is a bride of the beloved. She's betrothed. She's married to the Son. She's married to Yeshua Messiah, friend. She's covered. She's hidden. She is in the Messiah. So you know what? Do what you need to do because worst case scenario, I close my eyes and I see the Messiah. And I believe just like the ones who stoned Stephen in the Gospels, you are going to look and you're going to see men, my wife, my son, and myself with faces like an angel because we will stand and we will look and we will see one standing to receive us. And it's going to be my beautiful Savior, Messiah, Yeshua, the King. Because I'm in His likeness. And I'm in His image. And I am set on meeting Him. And I'm already free. You don't hold my life, sir. I'm already free. And friends, I'm telling you, there is such power within this. It's the pattern of the life of Yeshua. The culmination of the ages was in that man, the God-man. And he said, you know what? I'm not eradicating everything. I'm not undoing the temple. I'm not destroying the commands of God. I'm filling them up to full. And you know what? You're looking right at them. You're looking at the fulfillment, and it's in me, the God-man. And everyone who comes after me and does what I have done will be full of the perfect commands of the Father and will be full of the love of the Son because they are one and I have fulfilled them all and anyone who walks in my ways walks according to my walking, laying themselves down in absolute surrender. No fear. No fear. These men will be free. These men will see the beautiful pattern of the suffering servant. And they will be free no matter what the circumstances because it's a freedom that cannot be touched because it's from me. It is not peace as the world gives because it's from me. And so friends, my challenge to you right now, and I'm going to bring this to a close because I know it's getting long. Are you free? 
Are you really free? I mean, for real. There will be things that surprise me. I can admit that. There are areas in me that I'm not yet free that maybe I think I am, but listen, this one's sure. This one's sure, because this one's supernatural. It's not my own effort. Friends, we've got to labor to be free. We need to fast. We need to pray. We need to stop gathering information and getting ourselves prepared in the natural while while our spiritual man is snoring in the corner. We've got to rightly exalt our preparation in places unseen. So wherever that lands with you, friend, it's the same for every one of us. Oh God, search me and know me. Is there anything evil in me? Well, what's evil? It's summed up by the patterns of the world and living therein. It opposes God. Something that opposes His kingdom. Those things have got to go now. They've got to go now. I do believe there's an urgency in the hour. I do, th- I do believe there is one. It doesn't need hyped up. It doesn't need made into another a Christian apocalyptic book or movie. It's just fact, friends. It's just fact. It's prophesied fact. So may we be a people who examine ourselves. I'm finding a lot of people are just doing what they're doing because they thought that's just what they're supposed to do, and they're stopping to ask, why do I do that? Friends, this is our entire life. This has been the pattern of my life for 15 years. Why do I do these things? Why do I believe this way? Why do I think this way? And then I allow Yahweh to sift it out and to define it as right and wrong. I put on the mind of Christ. I submit my thoughts, my plans. He sorts it out for me. I respond in obedience to what he speaks. Friends, it's time to walk as men who are free in the here and now and in the what is to come. I mean for real free. Chain me, shackle me, beat me, whip me, whatever. Man, I'm free already. I'm already free. I'm already free. In Yeshua Messiah, I am free, period. Man, what an awesome, awesome, awesome reality that is to be free. Let's be free, friends. Amen.